Welcome back to an all-new episode of We College Soccer, a podcast brought to you by two United fans. I'm Caleb, one of those United fans, alongside, virtually, of course, Sasha Romanov. <laughs> like uh, Black Widow. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. It's it's a good one. Uh... We were Right before we started recording, we were talking about uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's a movie where two two giant behemoths fight each other among skyscrapers and it's 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 so good it yeah. delivers what it needs to be yeah it delivers more than the title title gives and that's all i'll say um. <laughs> spoilers <laughs> yeah but well, you were just saying something about the because it's a reveal in the movie that i don't think we're spoiling anything yeah. but that kong knows sign language yeah uh it's inferred that he like he's picked this up from watching the other humans use sign language, which means he's like super smart. But one of the characters has to sign the sign for Godzilla to him, which is like that. How the hell do you do that? Like you could spell out Godzilla, I guess, but like <laughs> I don't know how he would make that connection unless he's seen Godzilla and then you sign Godzilla pointing at it first. But at this point, Kong has yet to meet Godzilla, so I, don't know, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. funny. <clears throat> Yeah, did the did the humans talk about Godzilla like sign it all the time? And Tom's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I did it. No, but, yeah, that's fine. Because yeah, the humans are always saying are, are always saying Godzilla. They never sign it between themselves. Yeah. So are you saying after that, like, just totally unrealistic movie can get into it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was completely believable up <laughs> until that point, including you know traveling to the center of the Earth where the gravity flips. But okay, that, those scenes were dope. Those scenes were so much fun. Yeah. And it, it felt like we were, we were in one of those machines this past 48 hours, just flipping through soccer news, going, what the hell is happening? Almost passing out. I think someone threw up. It was a wild time <laughs> these past 48 hours. Um, and most recently, it was a fantastic game in the NWSL between Gotham FC and the North Carolina Courage. Um, this ended 4-3, like, right before we got on to do notes. Um, and Gotham... One, uh, Cyber Time goal from Evelyn Vane's. Uh, it is a back line for the courage. I think I saw on Twitter that they subbed out everyone in the back line because they were just doing so poorly. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, but that puts Gotham on top of the East and NWSL, which we all, all definitely, uh, are predicted going into the, into the season because nothing says number one like former Sky Blue FC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if you, I mean, when you make your name that, if you transition to that much of a badass name, like, you have to be number one. You have to come out, like, guns blazing and batarangs flying. Uh, yeah, it, it, it turns, out, <laughs> turns out it was just a name the entire time. It was, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> soft, sky blue, too soft. Gotham, hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a sky blue sky in Gotham. It's always dark and gray. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not gonna put on my tinfoil hat and that, like say that like, Bruce has a, like a weather machine and he controls it all, but anyway, regards to the game, uh, there was a brace from Mitch Purse and a goal from Carly Lloyd for Gotham and Dabinio also scored a brace. Jess McDonald got the third goal for North Carolina. So, so yeah, wide open game, great for the neutrals, just great for women's soccer in general. That's, I mean, who doesn't want to watch a four three game? Probably the the managers, but besides that. <laughs> No one. Come on. No yeah, one wants exactly. to watch that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, some, someone who won't be watched 
is Matthias Pellegrini at Inter Miami. Uh, the former designated player was had his contract bought out and loaned to uh, Miami's affiliate in League One. Um, this is due to um, MLS ruling that Blaise Matuidi, his signing for Inter Miami was improper and had to be counted as another designated player. That put them over the limit at four. Um, they bought up Pellegrini and sent him down. He will not be able to eligible to play for Inter Miami in 2021. Um, he could possibly be loaned out to a another MLS side. Um, just this last off season, before their inaugural season, Inter Miami spent nine million dollars on Pellegrini, and now he's playing in a division, two divisions below. <laughs> so just fucking ridiculous. It is. It is. And, and even the fact that like the Guardian had to write an article to explain how 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 exactly this buyout <laughs> works because it's not a buyout in the traditional sense. You're buying out against a player's contract that you own. It was it's ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, Don Darber has said that uh, sanctions are coming for into Miami due to the Blazing Tweedy signing and the funny business behind that. Um. Basically, I don't know if we said on, on the podcast before, but he was being paid a lot more than a TAM salary, and it had to be and was never qualified as a designated player until the lead made him one. Um, after investigating the signing, um, and the sanctions sanctions are coming at some point this week. Um, I mean, this week has already been so news heavy these past forty eight hours. I don't. I don't think he can top. I don't think Garber can top what just happened in soccer. No, no, Don Garber would have to do some crazy ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> like he would have to I like can't... pretty much. He would have to nuke like or just like dissolve into Miami to for it to top. <laughs> what happened? Like, and he's not going to do that. He's not going to do it just a little precious little cash cow. So yeah, it's <laughs> Miami, Atlanta, and <laughs> Seattle are going to go on and form their own their their own <laughs> club. They're on the uh, uh, lead. But it's going to have like a Mexican name, like Championes. <laughs> Championes Super League. <laughs> uh, uh, some other news that came up just before uh, the MLS kicked off properly. Uh, US Open Cup is canceled for the second season in a row. Um, really no surprise here on my end. I, it's just a lot more travel to put on in such a short time for a lot of clubs around the country. Yeah, and they fiscally they said it wasn't feasible even with reducing it from like 100 clubs to 32 to 16. And I guess maybe this is and it's a shame I feel for the smaller clubs who don't get the exposure, but I think it's better overall because of the COVID. So I I really don't want to move on to this next item in our in our notes. Oh shit. Uh Minnesota played a game in Seattle, and I mean, it, it, I mean, played is a strong term for what they did out there. But they lost four nothing. Uh, Zhao Paulo, with to all of his credit, a fantastic goal um, to control it off the volley and bang it in top corner. Uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz with a brace. His goal is worn as impressive. We'll get into why later. And then old man Freddy Montero has his perfect comeback to Seattle with a by extending his all time uh goal lead 
Yeah, he's now sitting at 61. Uh, staying, I think, four clear. You're welcome. Dempsey. You're um, welcome. I, I'm going to explain to you why this is, is secretly a blessing in disguise. Okay. Okay. Please. So first, first off, if you're going to lose a game 4-0, uh, it happens. And like, I don't think that score is truly indicative of how close the game was. Because going into half, commentators are saying that Brian Schmetzer would be happy to walk away with a draw on this one. Because Minnesota was controlling the tempo. We had more opportunities. We were controlling the midfield better. It's just second half. It's turning out that Seattle is very much a second half team for the second year in a row. We already knew this from the Western Conference Final, and apparently we just weren't ready for it. But they kind of they they broke us down energy wise. They found the, the you know the mistake. But here's why here's why it's it's a blessing in disguise. If you're gonna lose four zero, do it first game of the season, and hope your staff is smart enough to know how to fix it. And I know that hope is a dangerous word here, but I believe. <laughs> Hope is a four-letter word here in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and and I agree with you that going into, that, into halftime, I felt pretty confident. I felt a lot more confident than uh, the Western Conference Finals, which I think we were 1-0 up going into halftime there. Right? I felt a lot more confident in this game because Minnesota did control um, the tempo, controlled most of the ball, pinned Seattle to just a couple – quick counterattacks um i think loot hit the post the offense was kind of dialing in and then jao paulo i think he scored maybe two or three minutes after halftime and then i'm like oh oh shit it's gonna happen again and but to their credit they didn't panic um had some good chances through loot again uh loot probably should have scored um finley I think he had a, a shot straight at Stephen Fry. Um, and then we found out that Brent Coleman is no longer a MLS center back, which is yeah. weird because he was out on the field. <laughs> yeah, but it's clear that he's playing at the USL level because he was the, like, as soon as Rui Diaz found that hole, like, first off, the Joe Paulo goal, no matter how good of a keeper you are, and DSC is a great keeper, you're not saving that one because, like, no, absolutely not. He saw, like, he lined that one up for himself. You saw that soft touch even before he kicks it. He the look in his eyes, like, I've done this so many times in practice. I've been doing this since I was 11. I know where I'm shooting. Uh, so that goal, disregard that one. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, Rui Diaz, I think, uh, it was the other striker, uh, Brad, uh, Will, Will no. Bruin. Will Bruin yeah. uh, completely spins uh, Coleman. Coleman slips on the ground. Botsaw goes to replace, cover the ball. Ro- uh, leaves uh, Rudez open in the middle. Easy square pass to Rudez and plumps it in. And then, again, Coleman out of position. Loses, I think it was, again, it was Will Bruin. Mm-hmm. Finds Rudez almost like a carbon copy of the second goal. And at that point, you're 3-0 down. Uh, I think we had made one sub. Uh, Juan Chope had come on for uh, Finley. And at that point, it's like, what happens now? And I think Heath did the right thing. He got McMaster out there. He got Ozzy on there. So you have McMaster's debut. See what he can do in the last 10 or 15 minutes. He did Ozzy in isolation in Seattle, which he did get, which credit to the Seattle fans. that You know a legend when you see one. Um, and just try to get some runouts there. He took Coleman off, but brought in Yuta Ratala. See, see how uh, Botsy and him play together. 
and he, he, I think he made the right moves or the right sub, substitu- substitutions at least. Um, fourth goal, I think Montero was open on the on the far side. Uh, been there, should have been there. He had gone down injured, holding his leg, or he pulled something, or it was a cramp. So whoever's on the right hand side, I don't remember at that point because there have been so many subs, has to put come back. No matter at that point, it was done and dusted anyway. What's another goal? Yeah, that's that's a problem with like, and it's not just Seattle in this league. If you score one goal, you can suddenly take off. Like, look what we did to San Jose last year, and look what LAFC yeah. did to Minnesota last year. They beat them four one. It's as soon as you find the slip up, and Brent Kalman, it was our mistake or our weak point. As soon as you find mm-hmm. that, good teams, good players like Rui Diaz and Will Bruin. And Christian rolled down, exploit the hell out of it. And that's exactly what they did. As soon as they figured they got the one goal up, suddenly like Christian rolled down and Rui Diaz are both crashing onto Chase Gasper. He has to pick who he's covering. Brent Kalman's already been beat. Like Yeah. Yeah. That's what good teams do. Yeah. And I I think Minnesota don't have that whole lot of bite going forward. Um I mentioned Lute at the post. He also off a turnover, probably should have scored, but just pulled it wide. Probably not fully match sharp yet. Uh, Wanchope looked pretty good coming down. I think he had his first touch was a shot on goal. Mm-hmm. His second or third touch was also a shot on goal. Uh, <laughs> Justin Masters' first touch was a shot on goal. Um, so I like to see Wanchope start for sure on Saturday. Um, Dotson, weird, weird lineup. Uh, Signing Dotson started on the as a, a left winger, but really was pulling towards the middle, and everyone was trying to like. Interchanging that front four of Ethan Finley, Reynoso, Dotson, and Delude. Kind of almost like a chaos front forward, moving back and forth, trying to find the gaps. I don't think Tassani is there yet. I think he'd be better as a an eight in the midfield. He looked lost at some points out there, then looked pretty good in some others. So But I don't don't know why you don't just put like Juan Agadello out there on the left. To start, or maybe master, but I did. You wanted. I I understand you wanted to get Dotson in after his successful U twenty threes run, but I don't know, a little a little more time training with the team in that way because he was gone for most of training camp would have been ideal, I think. But yeah. this is my thoughts on that. Um, but positives, DSC. Yeah, he he led him four goals, but it could have been at least one more. Yeah. We had, a, we had a gave up a penalty. I think was it Will Trap? Yeah, Will Trap. Handball. I didn't uh, like the call, but no. you know what? DSC came up big because a lot of people would have bet their money on Rui Diaz to put that away, and he mm. picked the right side, made the save, and now I think everybody. If we're going into a like a shootout, a lot of people are going to lean towards DSC over you know, Tyler Miller. So it's, I think I think it was. I don't remember if this, I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember on the broadcast. I think it was Stu Holden, one of the commentators, mentioning that DSC now is three for three in PKs during like normal time, which yeah. is insane. Like yeah. those are not normal numbers. No, I like to see who, what other keeper has ever done that, gone three for three. Yeah, I mean, Tim Melia in last year's playoffs against San Jose, but that was a shootout, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Like these were like across seasons now. Yeah. Um. So that, that's a big plus. I think he didn't have confidence with that. 
I th- there was a similar handball call that probably could have been made in Seattle by five or so minutes before Will Traps was called. Similar making the, the silhouette bigger. Very close to the ball. But it hit their arm. But that wasn't called. Will Traps was. It didn't matter because, I mean, DSC saved it. But I can gripe a little bit. I'm a Minnesota fan. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, this Saturday... First home game at Allianz against Real Salt Lake. Um, what changes do you make to the lineup? Do you change the formation? Um, what do you do? You're you're now Adrian Heath. Well, there's no question about Brent Kalman. If DeBoss is available, like get Kalman out of there. Uh, I think in regards to DS, like, or not DSC, uh, into, like, in regards to Dotson, you kind of like touched on it. Maybe he's such a versatile player. It wouldn't surprise me like one week of practice would make him more comfortable at, at left wing. But mm-hmm. if it's not working for you, don't force that position. Like you said, drop him back because he has the speed and the energy. Or even if you play him as an eight, if we're uh, if we're ahead or we're tied, he'll still crash the box and be that guy for the rebound or like that loose ball that's coming out. Like he's young, he can do that, and that's and that's also why I see why you want to put him out on the wing. But mm-hmm. yeah, those are those are the changes I make. Uh, I also like I, I start loot on right, yeah, and put Juan Agudelo up in there nine. Like yeah, have that nine there. Have the real nine. Yeah. Not Alana Cadella, sorry. Juanchope? Uh, Juanchope, thank you. Yeah. No, no problem. Um, I agree with you. I think Lude, once Juanchope went to the front, Lude looked better on the right. Um, I think I think what Heath sees in, in Dotson is like a reverse of Lude. Because Lude can cut in on that left foot and just bang one in. And the time Dotson can cut in on his right foot and... I mean, bangers only. This is the thing for a reason, you know? So I see what he's going for there. Um, if Nico Hansen's healthy, I think he comes in. Um, he um, he looks really good in preseason. I'd like to see Juan Chope up front. If he doesn't play, maybe Agudelo up front. Um, and I I don't know if Debasi's going to be back, but Raitala, I think, should be. He's, he's left-footed. He's a, He can play all on the back line. You put him at center back next to he plays center back for the Finland national team. You put him next to Bocci, I think that's a better that's an upgrade from Tallman for sure. And I mean, Arsenal is obviously a different team than Seattle in quality. So, but I, so I think if there's if this game is a loss again, I think you got to start making drastic changes to the lineup or the formation. Um. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't. We definitely shouldn't lose at home. Um, and we yeah. we don't really know how good RSL is, but we should be confident from last season that we can take this. And I, yeah, the, even though there's the changes in defense, mm. we also don't have Aha. I feel like even Aha would have been better at with us oh, at, at Seattle. One hundred percent. Um Yeah, I think we if we have the starting lineup that that we mentioned, we really should win that game. Yeah, Aha's only downfall. Why he's not here is because he. Uh, Takes up an international spot. If he was at a green card, I think he'd be here instead of Coleman. I think Aha played very well when he was called upon last year. Or if our name started with Inter, we could have an extra international spot and not get fined for it until the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we're not, we're not fancy nice. enough. <laughs> what do you mean our owner was the former Manchester United player who also played for LA Galaxy? What? <laughs> Anyway, uh, David Beckham did have some choice words for what we're going to talk about next, which were 
kind of verge to win from an MLS owner. But um, the European Super League, we hardly knew yet. It's dead. It's It was around for 48 hours, announced on Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon. Um, 12 teams across Europe announced that they would be, they would be forming a, the Super League, the European Super League, uh, in place of the UEFA competitions such as Euro League and uh, the Champions League. Those 12 teams were from England, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, and Tottenham. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> from Spain, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. And from Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Juventus. Um... Bayern, Dortmund, and PSG reportedly turned down invites. Surprising from PSG, to be honest. Um, there were there was immediate backlash from fans, from um, football associations in UEFA and the countries, uh, the uh, FA in England, Spain, and Italy. Um, former players, former managers, everybody yeah. like in news house literally i don't want to say everybody but like everybody who cares about european football chimed in on this uh well, when they could well, there were, <laughs> well you're right you're were, right you're, you're not on twitter so you don't know this but there were a couple like i don't know if you know who matthew iglesias is he's like a political reporter who sometimes has very very bad takes but is like still pretty liberal so it's like you're annoying. Please go away. But I mean, you still have some views that I agree with. Tweeted something like, "Okay, you don't have to have a hot take on everything, you know." Idea I've seen know about soccer or European soccer or the history of soccer, and also Lechi Lawless was also in favor. So you know it's a bad idea when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was completely out of the blue as well. Apparently. Um, there were meetings between UEFA and managers of the top teams because uh, they were thinking about changing the format of the Champions League. And they were going to announce that soon. And beating to, beating them to the punch were, the, were these 12 teams announcing the Super League. Um, reportedly that the players and uh, other like match day and like other staff along with managers and, or supporters groups... They, and supporters groups, they were they all found out when everyone else did, which is you know great to do to your employees. Um, yeah, there. Let's go ahead. Yeah, like Olga and Sasha and Arteta are like gets got the mm. questions sprung on them, and they're just kind of like, "What the fuck do I say here? I don't want to lose my job," even though like clearly from their face, we're like th- they weren't with it. No, <laughs> no, and the, like they announced it like because uh, United played Burnley. Was that Monday or was that Sunday? Either way, there was not a, a lot of time between the announcement and uh, Ollie's post-match interview. It was just like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> what, oh, oh, no. What do I say? He should have went with uh, Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And then just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> um, yeah, uh... There's massive outrage from soccer fans all around the world. Um, there are pro- in-person protests at uh, Chelsea Stadium, Stamford Bridge, at Man City Stadium, the Eddie Had, at Liverpool Stadium, Anfield, and at uh, Arsenal Stadium, the Emirates. Um, bunch of reports come flying in from reporters from all over the world. Um, 
UEFA threatens to um, disqualify Man City, Chelsea, and uh, Real Madrid from this year's Champions League, thus dubbing PSG the, the winner, which made me think, was PSG behind this all along? <laughs> Do they just want to win the Champions League and this is the only way they can think how? That's like, like that's next level nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> like this entire thing made like we used to do the when uh Collins on the podcast, the Reynolds wrap up or whatever he had he had, when he had a, a tinfoil hat on and would do his soccer conspiracy theory and it's like everyone was doing that on Twitter. It's like, what's happening? Is this happening? Oh my god and it was insane. Uh, reports coming in this morning, this morning, yep. Tuesday, April 20th, um, that Man City and Chelsea reportedly hesitant from the start. That's our team being leaked out there by somebody in among those teams. Um, last night, Florentino Perez, Real Madrid's chairman, um, was on Spanish television saying how great this idea was going to be, how it was going to be quote-unquote save football um, by saying like basically by, by uh, proposing a trickle-down economic system where all the big teams make all the money and like basically like, throw a tenor at the lower league teams <laughs> like here you go here's a little cash for that really good center back bring him here you know trickle-down economics which we know works extremely well in our capitalist society today it's also along the logic of like the people who stormed the capital, like we're gonna save the vote. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not fixing. <laughs> There's anything. no vote to save. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's what his press conference actually felt like. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're charging a castle to save the princess, and the princess is at home chilling. Like, the princess is not in danger. She's just like, what? What are you guys doing? I'm no longer up there. Only the princess is football. <laughs> this analogy is weird. And the dragon is UEFA, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> um, Perez also mentioned that to get that young people weren't watching soccer and to get people, them to watch soccer, that uh, they should shorten games from 90 minutes. Basically, we told me in Quibi, which is, as far as I know, still going. St- oh, wait, no, it's been dead for a while. <laughs> um, Quibi was better thought out though than this plan because this was definitely. I and, don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think they're equally as thought out. I think, I think rich people think they know what kids like, and they don't. But they think they do because they're super rich and they're rich for a reason because they're super smart. And no, it's not that smart. That reason. He got lucky. That's what the reason is. Um, UEFA also threatened players. Oh wait, I'm jumping around here. I'm I have so much stuff on this on these notes for this. It's like it's like a page and a half. Um, Perez also blamed the pandemic for money shortages at the club, which is which is rich because it's your bad financial financial decisions that are to blame for the this year. Not 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 the not the pandemic. Along with that, um. Arsenal, Tottenham, and Liverpool furloughed staff during the pandemic at the beginning of it. So for the furloughed staff, and now you're, they were going to sign this Super League, and I think those, they were going to make like $3.2 billion. Were like the, were like the plans? 
Yeah. And it's like, why? It's just a bunch of hypocritical, rich a holes. And I do have a, a graphic here on my phone at the European clubs with the most debt. I want to see if you can find a a a, a, a trend with these teams. Uh, Tottenham, negative five hundred eighty-nine million pounds. Man United, negative four hundred fifty million pounds. Juventus, negative three hundred thirty-five million pounds. Inter Milan, negative two hundred seventy-seven million pounds. Barcelona, negative two hundred seventy-three million pounds. Real Madrid, negative one hundred forty-six million pounds. Atletico Madrid, ninety-five million pounds. AC Milan, negative eighty-nine million pounds. Arsenal, negative sixty-six million pounds, and Man City, negative forty-four million pounds. Did you, did you see a trend in those teams, Sasha? <laughs> All those teams just seem to have players that are way overpaid. Way overpaid, and they're trying to break away and make more money. This is Learn how to spend your own money before you try to make billions more, you fucking morons. Yeah. God damn it. And that's, that's why I think there's some there's some smarts from the German clubs. I know maybe their ownership affects whether they could join this, but those clubs understand that within two decades of massive growth, like for the Champions League, a lot of these teams have still yet to make a profitable or like a concrete business model that works. Because instead they're like... Money in, money right out. Or, like, more money out than they bring in, hoping to break even at the end of the season off of the names that they signed. Exactly. And let's take a quick uh, detour here, because you did mention the way German teams, their ownership is uh, different from other leagues. And it's a thing called the uh, 50, 50 plus 1 rule, which is an informal term used to refer to a clause in the regulations of the uh, German Football League that states that in order to compete in the Bundesliga, a club must hold a majority of its own voting rights. So club members must hold uh, fifty per, at least 50% plus one share. So that protects the clubs from external investors. Now if you look at the six English teams, um, Liverpool, owned by Fenway Sports Group, who own who are Americans who own the Red Sox. Uh, Manchester United, owned by the Glazers, who own the, who are Americans who own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Arsenal, owned by Stan Kroenke, who is an American who owns the Colorado Rapids and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Man City is owned by a sheet. Uh, and Chelsea owned by Roman Abramovich, a Russian oligarch. I think oligarch is the right yes, word? He's yes. super rich guy, yeah. I I don't know what the hell Dan Levy is, but he's also a shitbag. He's a robot. Like, he's a heartless okay, robot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are now calls after this whole situation happens in by English players and like English MPs, English media, to implement a 50 plus 1 rule in England. I wish that was the case. Because in regards to Arsenal ownership, like they have been buying up stocks and the the supporters trust, the group that owns now a very small majority has been kind of like pushed out and they don't really have the power to stop moves like this. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, I, they, talked about this, they talked about this on, a, on Guardian F- Football Weekly. Um, the episode they put out today before most of this stuff about the, about the cover happened 
Um, but basically, to get a 50 plus one team in the Premier League, Premier League at this point, they thought you would have to basically start from the bottom with a team like um, in League One, which is the third division there. Uh, AFC Wimbledon has a similar model. And uh, I think the team in the National League, I want to say, which is the fifth division, uh, FC United of Manchester has a their fan owned. So you you basically have to get those teams in the Premier League to get a fifty plus one team at the top lead, basically, or start from the bottom run with a similarly built team and move them up all the way. Which so they were pretty pessimistic about pessimistic about the idea. Unfortunately, um, let's move on to what happens late yesterday and today uh, after the Liverpool game yesterday, a game they drew one one to Leeds, a game I felt nothing. All following, it was weird. We'll get into it, um, how we felt about, about our teams. But uh, James Milner became the first player on a uh, one of the greedy six teams to speak out against the, the formation of the Super League. Um, Pep Guardiola had a press conference this morning and spoke out against the Super League. Man City ended his press conference prematurely. Um, Marcus Rashford spoke out against the Super, the Super League on his Twitter this morning, and then the rumors of Chelsea and Man City were having second thoughts started getting more traction. Um, UEFA also threatened players who that th- basically UEFA basically said that if players who would play for teams in the Super League would not be eligible to play in international tournaments for their country if they were European, which is huge. So no World Cup, no Euros, no nothing. And that was not a bluff, I'm fairly sure. Unlike, no. uh, unlike what these super clubs wanted to do. <laughs> that was some real consequence yeah. that I think would have come true. Um, Bayern Munich once again restated their intent not to join the ES, the Super League. This all happened this morning. Um, by 3 o'clock this afternoon, uh, our time, not their time, uh, Man City withdrew formally. Uh, Liverpool Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson called a meeting between the 20 Premier League captains. Liverpool players then came out with a joint statement against the formation of the Super, Super League. Um, quote, we don't like it and we don't want it to happen. This is our collective position. Our commitment to this football club and its supporters is absolute and unconditional. You'll never walk alone, end quote. And that's, I think it's important to remind listeners that the club is different from the owners the players and managers are separate from the owners yeah and even though there's you know these guys are superstars they feel what the fans feel and they really feel it that the fact that we're not in the stands that relationship exists you know the players every player who ever retires and talks about their glory days they talk about darby's and the the fans because like they that relationship is is special to them, so I think it, it's it's so commendable that like Jordan Henderson and Marcus Rashford came out and said this, because you are you are you are taking a risk with your this is their job. There could be a spiteful owner. Yeah, and there are also rumors that uh, Harry Maguire of Manchester United um, held a team meeting with his team and were ready to do something drastic. Um, didn't go into details with that drastic 
action would be, but I'm guessing refusing to play. Yeah. Like that's like the only that's like the one thing players can do that can affect the owners is not play. Um after those statements were released, all six team English teams withdrew. Um Arsenal really the only one issuing a statement with any apologetic language. Um so the smallest bit of credit to Arsenal there. Um for admitting they had done something wrong. Um Manchester United chairman Ed Woodward resigned. Um it was rumored that the Juventus chairman resigned as well, but Juventus denied that. Um before, like right before we started notes, like this is this is still kinda of happening. <laughs> AC Milan and Inter Milan withdrew from the Super League, leaving, you know, the Spanish teams and Juventus. So basically, just like an like, I think the Champions Champions League from five, three years ago, four years ago, basically. <laughs> um, and I this brings me to I think uh, some important questions to ask, and I mean, we're gonna answer them, but we're not that important. But I, if you're a supporter of these teams, I think you should ask your this yourself. Um. How does this change the way you support your team? Uh, Sasha, you're an Arsenal supporter. I'm a Liverpool supporter. Does this change the way you're going to look at wearing the shirt or sporting the badge or watching games? Yeah. I, I can confidently say I don't want to buy any, any of the shirts or gear now. I feel, which I feel sorry for the players on the, those guys, but like they'll still make money. I don't really buy the apology from Arsenal. I mean, that's like the bare minimum you could do. And they were acknowledging the fact that they had burned the bridge and it's going to take time. If they ever, if it does, like, they might have lost fans for life over this. It's not me, but, like, I don't trust them now. It's very clear to, like, what, what these super teams are now. They're, like, the greed, like, these owners are all about greed and wanting a bigger slice of the pie. And if they, they thought they could have pulled a fast one on us, they would have. And they didn't. They got caught, and instantly, the only super, thi- league, super thing about this league was how quickly they could backpedal to try to, like, save their asses. Like... And that's how that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't feel I don't feel any remorse for Arsenal at all. I feel remorse for the players. I feel remorse for the former players of the club, for Arteta to be any coach that was put in that fucking position for forty eight hours. Like, are you kidding me? Like you and mind you, there's a coach here who didn't really get to say anything about it because he got canned, Josie Marino. But like, <laughs> he's out. Uh, and. My girlfriend mentioned, like, well, what if the reason he really got kicked is because he stood up against Daniel Levy and voiced it? Because Jose Marino, despite all his flaws, has a lot of backbone and will stand up with integrity for what he believes in. And I don't him, see him see him supporting a Super League. But that's just, yeah, that's just my theory stuff. Don't worry about that. But, yeah. yeah th- that, that would mean that he knew about it. I don't yeah. think a lot of managers even knew about it. Yeah. I mean, judging by Ali's... Uh, Post match reaction, and we should mention none of the owners were interviewed, interviewed by anybody except for uh, Perez of Real Madrid. They've kind of pushed out players and pushed out managers to do to take the blunt of the uh, uh, lashing out from the press and from fans. Yeah. Um, Peter Cech literally going so, out to meet the the, the Chelsea fans. Saying like trying to calm them down that he was on their side, like yeah, n- none of these owners come out looking good. Yeah. 
None of them do. And even though they're back here, we shouldn't forget who they are. And if they're still in the game in a year, they might try this again. Um, I think it's going to be hard for me to support Liverpool so fully. I mean, I love the players. I love the coach. What they do on the pitch, I'm going to cheer for. But am I going to go out of my way to buy any more Liverpool merch? I don't think so, unless uh, Fenway Sports Group sells to someone who will hold the integrity of the game higher than his wallet or her wallet. Um, now, you and I are also both fans of Bundesliga, Bundesliga clubs. Uh, you support Dortmund. I support Frankfurt. Does this change the way you... you you support Dortmund or you didn't watch more Bundesliga because of their resistance to this? Uh, no, it's simply the fact because I, I watched so much Bundesliga already. Like, like I won't <laughs> go back and like rewatch the games from today. Bayern played uh, Bayern Leverkusen and uh, Reibelag took play Kuhn. And those Fra- are... Frankfurt won. Yeah. Frankfurt won. And, uh, Yes, yeah, no, that's a. Those are teams I support, and I still like watching them, even in my head, because I just like I like seeing certain players pop out. So, yeah, I think yeah. If anything, it just means like now I probably won't spend as much time watching EPL. <laughs> now, if like the now if it's a coin toss, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll watch the Dortmund game over the Arsenal game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm probably gonna watch more Frankfurt games. They seem, seem to always be playing, though, during the week when I'm at work, which sucks. They played today. They won, which is great. I think it's Augsburg, um, the team, not the college. Which they also probably would and, beat, I will say. They've, they've, they've I, been I per- don't know. They've been pretty I good. Floating around in that yeah, top four yeah. in Germany is not easy, Like especially when you <laughs> – historically, Frankfurt was, have not been there. So, I mean, I think they've been impressive this year. Well, thank you. I've tried really hard to support them. I think they're really paying off with their fourth-place <laughs> finish. Uh yeah, I. Oh, I. Yeah, I. There's not a whole lot to. I don't know, man. It's. It's gonna be weird going forward. There's rumors circulating that one of the English teams is already. Up for sale. Um. There's. I mean, it's been rumored to be every single one that left. Pretty much. Like, there's no like. Oh, people are saying it's this one. No, people are saying it's all of them. Are the one. I think it's for Man City, but. <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, what comes next? How do you punish these owners? How do you punish? The, do you punish the players and teams? Who? What? Do you punish? How do you punish? How can your relationship be repaired as an FA to these teams? I think the relationship is the hardest part because that's on a sliver. Um, punishment. I mean, it almost always comes down to fines, right? Especially since these are. Even though the teams will say, you know, gripe and moan, be like, oh, we're now we're losing even more money. Like, the fines are, are, I think, are most likely to come from UEFA. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned, like, that this would be, in the future, like, there's going to still be fallout from this, you know, probably for the next couple of weeks, and maybe for the rest of the season. Uh, there will be an interesting 30 for 30 of this in the future. And I, like, I, you're right. Like, what are these 48 hours that just happened? Like, what the actual fuck? How, like, we even have our struggling in framing how crazy this is. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, 
the Super League just released a statement, actually. I'm just looking at Twitter right now. Let's do it. Uh, vowing to, quote, reshape the project, unquote, after Premier League clubs and, and uh, the Milan sides pull out. <laughs> so, th- I mean, they're going to try again. I-, I hope, I fucking hope these teams... <laughs> I mean, going to this, they probably thought, ah, it'll be fine. Who's going to care? Everyone fucking cared. They had so much blowback to this decision. I can't think of a sporting decision that was met with so much derision instantly like this was. Yeah, and you and like across the board, universally, yep. it was hated. And I don't think the owners thought that would happen. I think they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're doing this." And people would be like, "Okay, cool. Here's more money." Yeah, I, I first heard this on like this. I saw the first headline on Sunday, and I honestly didn't take it seriously because I was like, I thought we already got over this. I thought this was killed, and the fact that then yeah, then every story broke. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah. Uh, I do have. A, 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 I think, I think you you try to. If, I don't know if you tend to force teams to sell or to be sold, but you definitely encourage it. I think you sanction them, whether it's. Uh, point deduction at the beginning of next season or even this season since it was with seven games left in the season dot them 10 points dot each team 10 points if you're UEFA I think you follow through with the uh, with the the banishment of this season's teams that are still in the Champions League you crown PSG so I'm sorry Sasha Arsenal are out of the Euro League um, I think you'd Sanction the team so they can only bring in so much money a year for a couple of years. The the, te- the owners can only profit so much. Whatever you get over that allotment, you just put back into the team or into the community. Because they fucked, they tried to fuck over these, over these communities as well. I do have a list here of uh, events and things that lasted longer than the Super League. <laughs> Um, the San Francisco Deltas, the Miami Fusion, Chivas USA, uh, Inter Milan, Inter Miami's first coach, Frank DeBoer's reign at Crystal Palace, Anthony Scaramucci's uh, time at the White House, <laughs> and eighty-five percent of Grateful Dead concerts. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned Frank DeBoer I was like and Frank DeBoer's reign at the Netherlands and Frank DeBoer's reign like, <laughs> he's still there I know he's still, he's there, still there which that shouldn't why. that shouldn't be a thing <laughs> but that's a no no it shouldn't he is bad but he's an average white person so he's gonna keep that job and get a better one probably in the future <clears throat> um, that's the Super League as of 9-18 on Tuesday night It'll probably be different by tomorrow morning. Uh, so watch for those headlines. Like the roller coaster is coming, maybe coming to a slow, but I don't. It's definitely not over. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Today was fucking wild, and it's like refresh, refresh. Oh, this just happened. Holy shit! Yeah. Refresh, refresh. Everything's falling apart, and it's just. Yeah. Chelsea also played a game today. They, the yes. the, the yeah. protest was today, and. There was some fantastic signage 
the real winners of this were uh, spray paint stores and like poster board stores in the UK. For sure. Uh, the sign that read like "We still want our cold night in uh, in Stoke." That's that's a, that's a winner. <laughs> Another one was uh, "Greed doesn't buy fans," which someone tweeted like, "I'm pretty sure the irony isn't lost on that Chelsea fan whose team is made up of like whose fanship grew after they got bought out by an oligarch." Um, one of the signs that I saw was on the uh, pub where Chelsea was founded, and it was a picture, a drawing of a pig with money in its hooves, I guess. Hooves? Yeah. Chelsea FC, then pound sign, pound sign, pound sign, fans before fortune. Then, yeah, a pig with a bunch of money in its hands and pound signs for eyes that should be the universal sign for like russian oligarch or just oligarch in general <laughs> yeah <laughs> the emoji for oligarch oh yeah pig with money yep <laughs> just billionaires in general yep. i'm sorry picturing you know like in cartoons and they're hungry they just see like people as like a hot dog or like a chicken wing yep we ever see look at Jeff, a picture of Jeff Bezos? All I see is a pig with dollar signs for eyes. <laughs> and when I see Trump, I see a pig that swallowed another pig, <laughs> <laughs> and got a bad tan. Um, so we're gonna move into a little varied penalty shootout to this week, um, covering uh, MLS games as quickly as possible. We know we're nearing an hour. But it's not every day where a league starts up and then implodes on itself within 48 hours. So hopefully next week we'll be able to talk a little bit more on MLS games. But this week we're going to go like a quick fire style back and forth talking about MLS games that happened this week and the important points within. Yeah. Uh, I'll start off with uh, our rival, SKC, won their first game against New York Red Bulls. But they won 2-1, but the one goal from New York was by Caden Clark, who scored a beauty, and it instantly went to the Twitterverse. Yeah. Uh, that I don't. I still don't know how that went in. It looked like he like, was going to sty it the way he, he, made, he made contact, but it, <laughs> that, that did something else. Uh, LAFC 2, Austin nil. Austin lose their first game. Don't have their first goal yet. Uh, Carlos Vela was subbed off uh, with a limp. Early on in this game, so um, hopefully he can come back, but not like against Minnesota or anything. Yeah, uh, Houston won their home game two one against San Jose. Uh, the only slight surprise here was Maximilian Rudy scoring the second goal for Houston. You know that guy who was almost the Golden Boot winner before COVID locked everything down last year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, San Jose's goal in this one was an. Well, it was the first time they seen so very early goal of the season candidates already. And then, you know, Ja Paolo happened and Tatum Clark happened. So really, yeah. Uh-huh. Vancouver won Portland nil. Is this right, Sasha? I didn't write this one. Is this correct? Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to stay up and watch this game. Uh, it was a separate day, but I didn't. And I looked at the goal. I'm like, really? What the, like, what we're going to find out down this list is a couple teams decided, like, not to wake up for the first game. Or at least their defense didn't. So... Oh man, what's that like? Anyway. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Union and Cruz and uh, Columbus Crew was a snooze fest, zero zero, which I honestly expected better. Yeah, two da- two teams 
that should be vying for the top of the East. This a nil-nil draw is disappointing. Uh, Orlando nil, Atlanta nil as well. Um, good, I guess, that Atlanta didn't win. Yeah. I mean, I hate that yeah. they got a point, but, like, it's a point on a, with no goals. Whatever. Uh, FC Dallas also went nil-nil with Colorado Rapids. It, those two in the East, I'm okay with another draw. That's a, you know, scoreless draw yeah. for now. Uh, Miami 2, Galaxy 3. Chicharito gets two goals and an assist. Um, he equals his goal tally from last season. Watch watch out the West because Benny already has them cooking. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke that Chicharito heard about the Super League and wanted in, so he started performing. <laughs> no, that happened before. Uh, DC United, also uh, kind of surprising, beat New York City FC 2-1. Yeah, yeah, surprising result there. Uh, Nashville two, Cincinnati two. The most surprising th- of this is that Cincinnati scored two goals. <laughs> they had twelve all of last season. They had two in the first twelve minutes. Only four shots total on target. I think it was uh, Nashville definitely deserves something out of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago Fire also got a two-two uh, draw with New England Revolution. All four goals in this game were scored in the first twenty-seven minutes, which means. It somehow was an even more boring Chicago Fire game for the, like, <laughs> the second half. Oh, spread those around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Spread those around a little bit. Uh, Montreal 4, Toronto 2. Mason Toy opened the scoring for Montreal this season with a great finish three minutes in. Love to see Lo- former Loons doing well unless their name is Francisco Calvo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, good on Mason Toy. Glad, he's, glad he uh, is starting off the season with a bang. I think that's probably the the best or the best results so far this season, or the worst result if you're a Toronto fan, losing four two to Montreal team with a brand new coach and yeah, I think that's so I'm gonna say it. Toronto, worse than Minnesota. Especially with that, yeah, I think. Yeah. Go oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. no, no. I was just gonna wrap up the episode. You go right ahead. Well, especially because they're playing in in the worst state, Florida. They have to play their home games there. That's right. You had that up here. Uh, I missed it. Uh, Vancouver is playing in Rio Tinto, and then yeah, Montreal and Toronto both have to play in Florida. One's playing in uh, Orlando. Those uh, Montreal's playing in. God, why am I having a brain fart? Um, Miami. Miami. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Canadian teams obviously with the whole uh, quarantining when they enter the country in Canada can't really. It would be, it would be very hard to travel back and forth and play games, so they're down here, away from their families, and it's unfortunate again that this has to happen. But hopefully, sometime soon they can return to their home stadiums safely. I mean, they could always just create their own Super League in their country. <laughs> you, there is one. This is called the Canadian Premier League. That's true. Yeah. Do you imagine that there's playing... I think there's, a, I think there's a Prince Edward Island team and just flying out there, Toronto, just destroying this small team. Anyway, uh, Sasha, where can the good people find you on line on your socials yeah you can find me on instagram at alexander sore sloth you can find me at on twitter at 
Rial Caleb FC. You can find me on Instagram at Caleb Olson seven one six. You can find the podcast on both those platforms at TWO United Fans. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. There was I'm not remembering there is a pod question that we missed, but I think it was about I think we answered it. Yeah, well, it was will Spurs win the first Super League trophy? Yes, Mike, they will. Then he also asked why are FO can complete roster moves in a timely manner, and I'm never responding with patience is a virtue. Also, like, who knows, manager resigned or got fired, so he had a new one, so negotiations negotiations had to start over. And good things like Reynoso come to those who wait. Also, special thanks to our lead commissioner, Eric Olson, to support the first bonus at that tier um, on our Patreon. Also, thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song, Lustless, as our theme music. Find them on SoundCloud and Bandcamp and YouTube. And that's it. So, as always, shout out to Mad Villain MF2. Nowhere to start